Welcome to the first Best Nurse Podcast, where each month we share information for and about Atrium Health Nurses. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our show today. We have a great show for you. I'm Stephanie. I'm Megan Hurth. And I am Carmen Shaw. Um, today, I have a have the pleasure of introducing our very, very, very special guest. Her name is uh, Barbie Wisnett Burgess. She is um, our Vice President of System Nursing here at Atrium Health, and she's also my boss, so she's very, 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 very special to me. Um, and she's our guest because just a few weeks ago, she um, really shocked the world in Atrium, in nursing, and um announced that she would be retiring this year. And of course, we all were very, very sad. Um, and knowing that when people announce their retire retirement, they may um, you know, leave within the next couple of months or transition. We as a podcast team wanted to really, really honor her today on this episode and really just let her have the floor the floor of atrium nursing and um we're so excited to have you so welcome barbie to the show thank you thank you carmen and stephanie and megan thanks for joining us today barbie um i i am one of those people that was sad uh i, I i'm trying to get over my sadness and not be selfish i'm really yeah. happy for you to be able to enjoy time for yourself you have given so much to Atrium Health and to nursing as a whole. And you really earn this and deserve this. So congratulations. I wonder if you could start us out by kind of talking through your career. I mean, lifelong Atrium career, it's pretty unusual. So let's, why don't you um, tell us how, how you came to be the, in the position that you're in right now? Oh, I'd love to. So uh, when I grew up, nursing was not a profession that I was um, uh, exploring. I, I went to North Carolina State University and I had several majors there when I was trying, when I was young and trying to um, figure out what I wanted to do in life professionally. I met my future husband at NC State and when we married, we relocated to Charlotte. So I began school at UNCC then as a biology major. And from there, um, hoping that I could get into nursing school at UNCC and, and was successful at that. So I've had a longer uh, undergraduate academic career than most people have had, certainly more than my parents ever expected to pay for. So um, when I entered nursing in nursing school, the clinicals were held primarily at Charlotte Memorial Hospital. So I began as a student nurse and entered Charlotte Memorial Hospital as a student nurse, very, very afraid, and had wonderful instructors. And then one of them advised me to become a nurse aide. So I did that at Charlotte Memorial Hospital. And I was a nurse aide on large medical surgical floors, learned so very much. Also, one night was asked to go and be a nurse aide in Dixon Heart Unit, the coronary care unit. So I did that. And um, at that point, developed a passion for the cardiac 
uh, service line and, and, and patients with cardiac disease. So I started there. And when I graduated from UNCC with my undergraduate degree, Dixon Heart Unit hired me as a new grad RN. So that was the beginning of my career at Atrium Health. So Barbie, I think the first time that I met you, you probably didn't know I met you, but um, I was coming in as not a new graduate, I think a new nurse to Atrium, or actually was Carolina's healthcare system then, and, and it was CMC was kind of the larger um, hospital at the time, or only one at the time, and um, you were kind of the introducing yourself as the nursing leader for the new new nurses that day, and I was, I'll, and I don't know if I ever told you this, but I said, wow, this woman will be my boss one day, because she, you, you, the way you presented yourself, you're very um, charismatic, and, um, you know, very relationship oriented. And uh, you took the time to really get to know everybody in the room. I mean, it was a room full of people. And, um, and you treated them like they had, or, you know, you had their full attention. Um, and, and despite where they came from, who they were, you treated everybody the same. And um, it was just that, 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 demeanor, that character that you um, presented that day was really, I think, resonating with me. And I think as I transitioned into my role um, as a nurse in the cath lab at the time, I think I was starting cath lab, um, I started to meet you just through the shared governance um, work, the structures at CMC. And then, you know, you became very close with the clinical nurse specialist group and, and, and not one time did you change. You know, sometimes people could change. And um, you you remained the same despite where you were. And I think you were in a new role then after I got to CMC. And um, and so I think that's what really drew me to you, drew me to, you know, really liking you and, uh, and, and respecting you. Um, and so tell me, who is that person in your life, you know, so who did you not, not, it may not be in at Carolina's healthcare system or atrium, but who was your person who you said, wow, this is a absolute wonderful leader. I really can learn a lot from him or her. And I really um, am grateful to have that relationship with, and they have impacted, maybe they've impacted your, your um, career. Well, there have been many, and I thank you, Carmen, for that uh, description of me. It's very flattering, and I'm grateful. Um, I I certainly would put my mother in there first and foremost from a role model and a person who consistently found joy in life, and she modeled that for me. And then from a nursing perspective, I would absolutely recommend Florence Nightingale as a role model for any any clinician, certainly a nurse, but any clinician, uh, I would think Florence Nightingale is the epitome of um, science and art rolled into one and really uh, bound up by caring. So I did not know Florence Nightingale 
until I went to nursing school because remember, um, my you in my youth I didn't really think about nursing. So yeah. when I went to nursing school and we were learning different theorists and different and of course the history of modern nursing, and I began to read about Florence Nightingale from a historical perspective, and the, her, I found her fascinating because of her ability to um, use science to drive outcomes and her ability to get people to follow her and her ability to take on the establishment and and advocate for those soldiers and those wounded men. I found that to be totally, totally inspiring. Now, throughout my career, there have been, oh my gosh, I could probably, if I sat down and made a list it would be at least 100 people, maybe more, because every job that I've had, I've, I've had a leader from whom I've learned. And I've, I've learned positive things from these leaders. Some how to manage people, some how to manage a budget, some how to um, uh, maintain resilience. They, they all had something to give. And I was really eager to uh, learn it and incorporate it. So there are so many nurses. Uh, the three of you would be examples of nurses who have inspired me. And then the, my direct boss, my direct previous bosses, they've all just been um, incredible women and men who I've learned uh, from. So that's the beauty of nursing. I did not know it because I, I did not know it in my youth. And it wasn't until I went to school in nursing that I really even began to realize what nursing is and what it does and and have such a respect for the profession that um, the nurses I know, they are willing to learn from just about anybody. And I was certainly no exception. Wow. That's that's an incredible response. <laughs> I'm I'm speechless. <laughs> wow. It's just not so surprised though by her great her graciousness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, just from you know, I as a millennial nurse coming into um, this system and and meeting you, Barbie, and I think I could speak for nurses in my my generation. Um, you are a hero to us. You really are. And um, I had the pleasure of working with your daughter. And um, I see the impact you've made on her. And it just provoked me to think how you've just created this ripple effect of positive change and inspiring people, not only clinically, but even personally. Um, can you touch on that? Uh, maybe how your career in nursing has even rippled into your family and community, um, how, how that's occurred. How have you seen that from your perspective? I, I think so. I hope, I hope I can. I will, I'll go back to my mother and my father. I mean, they were, I had, I had great parents and many of us do. And we learned so much from them. And from my mother, uh, I learned that that there's something joyful every day. You just have to look for it. And that there's always, there's always a, a better horizon uh, as well. And from both my parents, I learned a hard work ethic. You know, come to work, do your work. Uh, from many of my nurse leaders, I learned come to work, 
and improve your work. So that started me in the process improvement thinking that Florence Nightingale was so good at. And so come to work, do your work, improve your work. And I also know that being present is important because it's it shows people, including yourself, the importance of the work. And I can't think of a you know a higher calling than the work of taking care of people, whether it's as a parent, and thank you for the compliment on my children, or whether it's as a nurse or a, a clinician. Uh, our our work is people, and so when I'm in a room with people, it's kind of like their energy feeds me, and I can I can enter the room in one state of mind, and within minutes be transformed by the energy and the passion and the enthusiasm that uh, these millennial nurses and Generation Xers, and I'd like to think baby boomers since that's my, my uh, generation, and the, the younger generation that's entering our workforce now, there's not a single generation that doesn't feel passionate about the people and the work. They may show it in different ways, but the passion's there. And uh, that inspires me. So if I get inspired and I'm a little more animated, perhaps, or enthusiastic, then it seems to uh, lend that enthusiasm to others. So it's sort of like a circle. You know, what you give, you receive. And um, I certainly have received a lot from the nurses I've worked with. So thank you, Megan. So Barbie, I just want to say I've worked with Barbie for 27 years and I've been my head around the future where I won't be working with Barbie, but um, you really have meant a lot to so many people. Um, so thank you. I just, I just wanted to say that. But um, my question for you is, have there been things along the way in your career that just kind of shocked you or surprised you in a good way, in a positive way um, that you could share for, you know, maybe even COVID might be an example, but just things where you thought, wow, that's great. I'm so glad we're, I'm a part of this. Um, I, I don't know if there's any one thing that has shocked me that would stand out, but I will tell you, I entered nursing during the uh, HIV AIDS uh, uh, starting of that disease process and, and saw the, the country's response and the healthcare system's response to managing that disease and watched our progression over the years as we have, um, uh, learned how to how to manage and prevent that, and then also we've had um, I've been heavily involved with the Ebola um, event several years ago through the command structure and on several clinical teams trying to stand up for what we might have to face, and then H1N1 swine flu that hit the country hard. Um, I was part of that command structure as well. And then COVID-19 and part of that command structure. So those were the big clinical events in my life that were, um, if they weren't shocking, they were certainly memorable. And I, every time one of those happened, I learned about our own resilience, our own intellect, our own ability to use science and move forward, our fears and, and um, how to build something so that we could uh, conquer those fears. And, and I guess I'm not shocked, but I'm certainly impressed by the work that we did. And then the other thing that's maybe not shocking, 
but it was a it was a revelation to me is is the fact that wherever I go in nursing, it's it's uh, the same passion for the for the pa- patients. So when I was that young nurse in Dixon Heart Unit, I never saw myself leaving cardiac. I thought it was the most fascinating service line in which to be. And then was asked to consider being a nurse manager again in the cardiac uh, uh, field, but not in the ICU area. So I, I wondered if, if I would have the same passion. So I, I did the job and absolutely loved it. And it's because the nurses and others that were on that unit, the care that they gave to their patients. And I learned so much moving from an ICU to um, a med surge floor. And then I was asked um, to do other jobs throughout my career. At one point, I worked in Dixon Heart Unit and CBRU, which was, you know, a medical unit and a surgical unit, both cardiac, but but you have different practices within nursing to care for those patients because they have different, um, where, is, where are they in their disease process? So I learned to how, to, how to really look at a whole total picture. And then when I was asked to, and then I went to education, and I learned how to be an educator. And there's a science to that. And then I became a director of obstetrics, which, I, you know, I had three babies by that time. But that was really my uh, clinical experience outside of nursing school. But what I learned is those nurse managers and those obstetrical nurses, they knew what they were doing. They taught me. They helped me. They put up with my questions. And um it was a fascinating, fascinating service line. Absolutely adored it. And then was asked to be the assistant VP of the medical surgical service line and the oncology service line. Again, going from OB and fetal monitoring to oncology and learning cell division, again, was, uh, was fascinating to me. And the fact that these nurses were exactly passionate about their patients the same way they were when I was a new grad in Dixon Heart Unit and, and caught the fire of all this. So as I progressed through these different service lines, whether it was kidney dialysis or my experience that one year as the AVP of the CMCED, and I'm not an emergency department nurse, but that, Stephanie, is where you and I really bonded that year when we were in the emergency department together and saw the nurses there and the physicians and other clinicians and the passion they had for the work. So maybe it's not shocking. Maybe I should have known it all along. But what I learned was um, nursing is everywhere. And and every service line and every way we interact with patients is fabulous. And we should be proud of the fact that we can do so much and learn so much and care for so much and still have the core of nursing at everything we do. Barbie, what what are you most um, excited about with retirement, and what are you most unsure of or hesitant about um, when you retire? I think the excitement is the ability that to spend more time with my family. The Atrium Health is is um, very good at letting you blend your work and your personal life, and so I have no. Uh, regrets there whatsoever. However, 
knowing that I'll have an open calendar and um, it's easier to fit in some of those family events. And, and, and I actually love, um, I love being at home and I love gardening and I love, I love cleaning a house. I love taking care of the things that I have and what it means to the family. So to me, I'll have time to putter and maybe my house will be a tad bit cleaner. And I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. A little bit fearful about, um, you know, leaving because I've done this for so long. So I've never, I've never not worked at Atrium. I've been full-time. I've been part-time. I've been PRN, depending on what was happening with my family. I've been a national consultant for um, critical care level educational uh, products, uh, seminars. And so I traveled during that time, but I still stayed PRN at Atrium while I was traveling. So I've never not been at Atrium. So I, I guess I'm going to see what that feels like. I think I'll always be considered an alumni, I hope, and uh, an Atrium alumni and can come back to the alumni parties or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or, you know, what do what most people do. They get that first two years out their system and then um, they they go back to work. But it, I know you may not do that, but they may go back to work in different different ways. Some people start their businesses and they do different things on the side to, to keep their hands in something. Because I can understand, um, gosh, for 42, 40, 43 years almost, um, you know, being in that space of doing things that has to be has to be a little tough it will be it will be different Carmen I mean it's a great all these questions are great but that one really has to make me think because that's the future and the unknown Mm -hmm. I wish everybody listening could see us right now because we are all physically leaned in listening to Barbie hanging on every word she's always got a wonderful way of expressing herself Um, so Barbie, I want to give you the floor here to offer up some advice that our listeners can really lean into. Oh, I I would love to. Now that would be my honor. If if the listeners are primarily nurses, then, and if you're not, if you're a clinician in another discipline, I would say, number one, um, learn, learn to appreciate the different disciplines and how to work together. And I think nursing is instrumental in knitting that together through the the care management process that we provide for patients. So um, learn your history if you're a nurse and understand the contributions that Florence Nightingale first made to society and to the world at large, both in statistical analysis and care for patients and advocacy for patients. Learn that because we are the direct descendants of that and we should be proud of that inheritance. And then I would say um, to my fellow uh, colleagues, physicians, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, uh, radiology professionals, I would say um, there's no better group of people to work with than, than this team at large. And so appreciate that as well and take care of each other. And um, thank you, Stephanie. I just wanted to say, Barbie, as you were talking about all those different roles that you've played, and I just 
it struck me how many thousands of patients, thousands that you've affected in a direct or indirect way by your example, by your leadership. And I just saw like like a like a, a pool and you were just a little drop and your ripples just rippled out. And I really am excited. I know in Atrium you just so impacted the footprint of nursing from now and to come. And I just really feel like today your words are now going international through this podcast. And we just want to say thank you. You know, nursing can be a thankless profession, but all those thousands of patients and all those thousands of nurse hearts that you've encouraged and spoken life over and casted vision over, we just say thank you uh, for who you are and what you've done. And I know Carmen and Stephanie, y'all echo that. Absolutely, Megan. You gave me goosebumps yeah. saying it. It was so perfectly said. Yeah. I'm I, again. I'm still in shock, and and it's it's you know, like I said, years and years ago, I saw her in nursing orientation, and and you know, for somebody to to just make that type of impact um, on your life, on your career development. Um, and, and not even knowing that, that just speaks a lot. So, um, yeah, I, it's, but we're grateful for, for everything that Barbie's done for this organization, definitely. And I think based on what Barbie has already spoken about, you can you hear it in her exquisite description of the things that she has accomplished. I think uh, in 2020, you won an award, Barbie. Uh, from the AONL? I did. I did. A leadership and mentorship award recognition. And um, it was uh, it was a total surprise. And I believe Stephanie, you and, uh, and others led a team of writers to submit to submit it. And I am incredibly grateful. I was absolutely shocked. But to uh, receive this award was uh, probably the highlight of my career as as it relates to honors and and uh, recognition, so thank you, Barbie. Well, tell me what was your funniest story, you know, um, at Atrium or or, or Carolina's Healthcare. You yeah. know, I, I have one, but and I still laugh about it today. But but yeah, tell me what. Tell us, share with the world. What's one of your your favorite funny stories um, that we all can learn from? And have a good laugh about. <laughs> there were some clinical funny stories, but to protect the innocent, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with another. Um, one time I was in my boss's office and I, I carried away a lot of papers and I laid my cell phone on top that of my is car. Is that the story, Carmen? Yeah. I laid my that's it. Yeah, I put my cell phone on top of the car so I could load the papers in my car. And then I drove away and I had to go somewhere else to meet uh, for another meeting. And so I drove. And when I got to the place, I could not find my cell phone. And so I, um, I went into... Uh, one of our clinic areas because I had gone into the clinic and I was searching the clinic desperately. And there were these, there was a patient and her mother at the clinics and they saw me and they offered to help. And they even prayed for me that I would find my phone. I mean, it was so touching, but I did not find my phone. So I went back to my boss's office. By this time it's getting 
dusk, you know, the sun's starting to set. And I went through the trash cans. I went through my boss's office. She wasn't there, but her secretary helped me. And um, we could not find that phone in that building. So then I got back in the car and I retraced my steps and drove and drove very slowly. I'm sure because by now we're hitting five o'clock traffic and I'm driving slowly down um, Queens Road and I see my cell phone in the road. It had fallen off the top of my car. Well, most people who know me know I'm quite frugal. I wasn't about to sacrifice that telephone. So I had to wait for the traffic to uh, have a break in the traffic so that I could reach way out and grab that phone. And I did rescue my phone and it was unharmed. And I felt quite uh, proud of that. But it, but it does make a funny story if you take a long time to tell it. Yes, because you gave us all of the turns, the roads, the stoplights, the the building landmarks and everything to the point where you saw your your red. It was a red cell phone or was a cell it phone? Was red, cell phone. Mm-hmm. It was red, Carmen. I remember this, too. And now I'm thinking uh, this might be a story about the power of prayer. We might need to, you know, send a thank you, a silent thank you to that patient and mother who prayed for you to find your phone. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I will never forget them. They were so kind to me. And I was totally panicked because in my job to be away from your phone means you're, you know, you don't have the text or the emails and something might be happening and you need to be available. And I didn't, I wasn't. And so uh, feeling very um, overwhelmed that I did not have this communication device those two women, one younger, one older, they, um, I'll, I'll just never forget them. So Barbie and those that look, that are listening out there, we always end our podcast on um, the reflection of our mission um, for Atrium Health. And if you're not in the mission and the vision, if you're not familiar or if you don't know already, the title of our um, podcast is First Best Nurse, and that really was taken from our uh, vision in nursing, being the first and the best um, nurse. So we always reflect on our mission, and that is to improve health, elevate hope, and advance healing for all. And we always ask our guest, Barbie, to kind of reflect on that those words, health, hope, and healing. That's been a, a mission for us. Um, for probably about four or five years now. Um, it's also been an, an impactful mission um, for our organization and our teammates and our patients. So tell us, what does improve health, elevate hope, and advance healing for all mean to you um, here today? Since you have the floor and as you transition um, out of Atrium Health, out of the Atrium Health family into being the alumni of Atrium, how do those uh, words, or what do those words mean to you today? Well, I think they, um, I think they go back to our very, very beginnings, whether that beginning is the beginning of the healthcare system, or if that's the beginning of our careers as healthcare professionals. Um, Most of us, if not all of us, entered this profession knowing we would we would meet so many different people with so many different needs and um, we took that on and there's a nursing code of ethics 
that resonates with me and supports this mission. It's um, that all people are deserving of care and you have to put aside biases or thoughts as you care for people, unless those thoughts are positive thoughts or thoughts that help your patient, help society and help your client. So I think, I think our mission statement is very powerful, very succinct. It says exactly what we came to work to do. And it, it aligns with, in nursing, the uh, nursing code of ethics, of which we must um, live by. And then as a person who has received care at Atrium Health Facilities and as a person whose family has received care, it's incredibly uh, personal as well, uh, watching caregivers of all disciplines uh, uh, do their work. So it's easy to remember and it's succinct, but it's incredibly powerful and it's very broad. And yet it's so easy to understand. And I think, um, I think we're all better because of it. I think that's beautiful. Barbie, and we so appreciate you joining us today in our podcast. And, uh, you know, when you're reflecting on that mission, I hear mission accomplished when I think what you've done for us, mission accomplished. Yes. And um, we just hope that your words echo today and ripple across the world. And um, we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast. And we just wish you all the best in your retirement. And we just celebrate you. Um, so thank you listeners for joining us today and join us for our next podcast. Um, and we hope you have a great day. Bye.